This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 224 with Dave Zook. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. And in today's show, we're looking at a syndication opportunity in Belize. My returning guest in this episode is my friend Dave Zook. Dave is a successful business owner and an experienced real estate investor active in the multifamily apartment space and resort community development with real estate holdings in several states and several countries. Dave has purchased over $100 million worth of real estate since 2009 and has over 2,700 multifamily apartments in his portfolio. Together with his business partner, Dave is a renowned and trusted professional resource in the automatic teller machine, the ATM investment market. Uh, They have deployed over $40 million in investor capital, and they are heavily invested personally in this space. Dave, along with his development partners, is actively involved in the early stage planning and development of the largest resort community, Mahogany Bay Village, on the island of Ambergris Key, Belize, which has been rated the number one island in the world two years in a row by TripAdvisor and is one of the fastest growing regions in the Caribbean. Mahogany Bay Village is scheduled to open in the fall of 2017 as a Hilton Resort. I'm very excited to dive into this syndication opportunity in Belize with Dave and also hear about his travels and his experiences. He was recently asked to speak at a conference held on Jekyll Island, and Dave was also able to sit down with a friend of the show and a previous guest, Mr. G. Edward Griffin, and interview him on Jekyll Island, which is uh, just awesome. So very excited to dive into all of these topics with Dave. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MC Lobsher or by email at info at cashflowninja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at cashflowninja.com or texting cashflowninja to 44222. To ensure you never miss one of our episodes, you can download our free interactive smartphone apps on the Apple and Google Play app stores. I've also created a Cashflow Ninja investment group where I share opportunities that I'm investing in with my fellow investors. If you're interested in joining this group, please email me at info at cashflowninja.com and we will continue the conversation to see if you're a good fit for our group. I've always thought that if there's only a handful of people that have built indestructible wealth in any economy and any market, Why are we following the advice and doing what the majority of people are doing that are struggling financially? My friend Dave Zook says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy, but you need to pick one. 
at the real asset investor, Dave and his company create value for investors looking for higher yield returns from real estate ventures domestically and internationally. To learn more about this exciting investment opportunities, the real asset investor offers, such as the syndication opportunity at Mahogany Bay Village in Belize, investment opportunities in the multifamily space in the United States, and ATM syndication opportunities, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Have you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start or how to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JoinOps Properties at joinopsproperties.com. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, MC. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, fantastic having you back. Now, for uh, listeners uh, that are not familiar and did not listen to the first episode, which I will put links in the show notes, highly recommend that you listen to that one that I had with Dave. Uh, can you share a little bit about your background a little bit and uh, what you do at The Real Asset Investor? Yeah, so I was an investor and entrepreneur from my early teens, and I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, uh, but I did decide early on that I wasn't going to invest in real estate. Uh, my dad invested in some real estate, and he self-managed some of his real estate, and it just, you know, I, I saw that, and I was like, you know what, there's got to be a better way to make money. And uh, so I invested in businesses, and I was, uh, I, I invested in several different businesses, founded several businesses, and got to the point where they were doing really well. Got myself in a, in a position where I ended up having a big tax problem, big tax liability. And I got the call on April the 13th um, back uh, a number of years ago. And, and it was like, uh, hey, in a couple days, in two days, you had to kind of, you know, despite the fact that you, paid your quarterly taxes and we took all the depreciation we could, you still owe a couple hundred thousand dollars in two days. And, you know, I was having all kinds of fun. I was a private money lender. I was doing some flips, uh, house flips. I was, you know, just, you know, making a lot of money, having a lot of fun, but it, you know, it all of a sudden became not so much fun when I had to give, you know, a lot of my earnings back to the government. So, during, during my studies and, and really getting around the right people and asking a lot of questions and being curious, I discovered that real estate can be uh, not only a good cash flow um, investment, but it also has a, a really good tax shelter piece to it. So I chose multifamily and, and uh, you know, used that as a tax shelter the last, uh, you know, since. I started getting into real estate. I mean, you know, I hit the timing right on. I got kind of lucky on that one, but I started on, I started really getting serious about investing in real estate in 2000, about nine or 10. So that's kind of my background. And uh, I've been doing a lot of real estate syndication since I've syndicated multifamily apartment buildings, uh, a resort in uh, Mahogany Bay Village in Belize. And I also, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of ATM investing and uh, just been really busy with that. 
you can be conventional or you can be wealthy is, is one of uh, my favorite quotes of yours. And I, I've used it quite a number of times <laughs> since, I, I, since I, our last conversation. I heard you use it a number of times and, and it's actually been picked up by quite a few other radio shows and it's, uh, it's been a popular one. So I'm actually getting it trademarked. That's that. That's that's good because that is uh, that's gold right there. Uh, and sticking to uh, to that philosophy, or of you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. You uh, you've been uh, doing some really uh, interesting stuff too, and sharing your knowledge uh, and your journey uh, at different events and different summits and conferences. One in particular that really intrigued me because this is this this was my Red Bull moment uh, was when I picked up the book of the creature from Jekyll Island by Mr. G Edward Griffin and uh, never been the same person since, since, since that. And you had the opportunity to attend a conference on Jekyll Island as a speaker hosted by Mr. G Edward Griffin. How was that? That was special. You know, I got to, I got to present there in front of a group of uh, really accomplished investors and, um, I got to share in front of G. Edward Griffin that the two books that had the most impact on my life as far as business, investing, government, taxes, the way the world works, it was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and G. Edward Griffin's Creature from Jekyll Island. And, you know, for me, it just connected a lot of dots. It seemed like I was, I, I would, I would go so far and run into a brick wall and then I had back up like, you know, what is that all about? And then I'd back up and then I'd hit that brick wall again. It just seemed like that book, Creature from Jekyll Island, um, just connected a lot of dots for me. And I could see things. And even even today, you know, I, I can see through a lot of things that I wasn't able to see through. I mean, you, you, you see the, the, the reporter on CNN blabbering off about some kind of event and you just – you know, you're just able to see right through that and, and, you know, know that, you know, there's more to the story and know that the person telling the story may have an agenda. And, and so it, it's really helped me to kind of see the truth. And, you know, if you read that book and, and really do a deep dive, I mean, you, you, you can't walk away from reading that book and, and studying his work and be the same. I mean, it just, you know, it's even today when you look at what he wrote and what, you know, 20 years, 30, you know, 20, 30 years later, what actually came to place or happened, you know, he wrote about it. He wrote about it 20 years ago. Right. So it's just really interesting. It was an honor to be there and uh, to speak at the same venue he was at. Yeah. One of, one of the key takeaways from that book, now that you mention it too, in the book that he, that he wrote, he, one of the things uh, in quotes on the book, he said, bailouts are the name of the game. And this was way before uh, the the bailouts and uh, this massive bailout we had in 2008 and the crisis, years before that. But to your point, he identified certain trends. And if you know the plan and uh, kind of the agenda of what's to unfold and how money operates and how money works, how central banks are structured, and uh, basically the global monetary system, you can look ahead uh, and see uh, at the same patterns uh, that have evolved over time, over this lot, last hundred years. And the other thing that I found so interesting was, you know, it used to be th- so conspiratorial, this uh, small group of men uh, under the shadows of dark that kind of slipped away and 
uh, went off to Jekyll Island and created the Federal Reserve. I just find it so comical that the Federal Reserve uh, chairman was basically a chairwoman was down there at Jekyll Island, you know, proud of how they established it. Um, actually, for the 100 year anniversary, they had a number of their delegates down there. There's a room, uh, one of the pictures that I saw that you posted, the Federal Reserve room, right, uh, in this in, in this resort in, in Jekyll Island. So very, very open uh, uh, open book right now, truly, of how this all started and how the, the Federal Reserve Bank was created, which is the model for central banks uh, right now out there in the world. So really interesting. The other question that I had was there was also a lot of other incredible speakers. What were some of your biggest takeaways uh, from the other speakers that you listened to at this conference? Um, there was several. Um, Eric Sprott was there. Got to got to know uh, you know got to know him really well. Spent quite a bit of time with him, and uh, he actually even invited me to go with him to Australia to to look at a at a real estate play with him. Um, so I don't know if that'll if that'll take place or not. But he he uh, talked about and and the the conference was uh, largely around the resource space, mining resource uh, space. And so you had a lot of those guys. I was sort of the odd person out talking about cash flow real estate. A lot of the guys in the room were speculators. So, uh, but no, it was, it was very interesting. And it was, you know, my talk I felt was very well received. It was uh, kind of a, a, a different look at investing for a lot of these guys. Um, Eric talked a lot about, um, the price of the commodity and what that does to a company's balance sheet uh, versus um, just being able to uh, increase the amount of that commodity. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. You had a couple guys. One guy was was talking about uh, the effect that the electric vehicles are going to have. Uh, you know, the the effect that that's going to have on us in the next decade or a couple decades. You know, you look at entire countries now setting um quotas on on you know getting away from fossil fuels and and fossil fuel driven vehicles and going electric vehicles so i mean it's going to be an, it's going to create a real demand for some commodities um and you know we'll see what happens but it's it's definitely it's definitely if, if you invest in front of the wave you know it's just like getting in front of, uh, you know, or, or floating down the river. You paddling upstream, you, you know, you're going to have to fight and claw and just spend a whole lot of energy doing it. If you get in front of the wave or even float downstream in the river, you know, it's, it's going to become so much easier. So that that's, you know, trying to get in front of what's coming down the pike in the next decade or two. Uh, that's what that conference was about. No, and very, very true. Looking at economic cycles uh, and then combining it with certain trends, uh, the fossil fuel one, the uh, electric vehicles, a huge trend, uh, demographic trends, throw that and on their war on cash, money. You know, if we look at the history of money to tie it back into uh, the creature from Jekyll Island, how the global monetary system changes every 30 to 40 years. We're very much overdue for a, for a change in the way that the world's money works and the way that the, the monetary system is structured. So there's a lot of different trends. And as you mentioned, if we look at these and we can stay ahead of, of these trends, we can position ourselves to, to not only survive, but, but thrive. So back to that being conventional, right? Uh, and not seeing these things or, or being, being wealthy. Um, 
Now, Dave, one of the things that we wanted to talk about is this, just touch upon this very, very exciting uh, opportunity in at the Mahogany Bay Village Resort in Ambergris Keys, Belize. Um, before we touch on that, ATMs has been a, a very good play for you as well with, with a lot of success for yourself and your investors. Um, can you just uh, touch a little bit of, uh, on this syndication opportunity as well? Yeah, so the opportunity is uh, an accredited investor can come in and buy seven units, seven ATM machines in one unit. One unit, the cost of one unit is $104,000. And what happens, our management team goes out and, and they've got the locations already uh, mapped out. They've uh, structured the deal. They go out and place the machines. Uh, about 98% of the time, those machines are gone where there was an existing machine uh, there at that same location before. So we have historical data showing exactly what the transaction amount was per month. So it removes a lot of the risk, but the, the real opportunity for an investor is to go in there, own the machines. They can take the depreciation, uh, very good uh, tax-friendly investment. You can write off the whole purchase of 104000 in the first five years. So that gives you a lot of um, tax-free income. And the cash-on-cash return on that is 24.9%. So it, it's just a really good cash flow investment vehicle, and it also comes with a lot of tax benefits. Quite a quite an amazing opportunity uh, that so that's why I just wanted to touch on that and I know that there's been uh, a lot of success for you and your investors in there so I just wanted to share that uh, with my listeners. Let's touch on the opportunity in Belize. Uh, can you just share a little bit why the Caribbean, why Belize, what some of the exciting things going on there, and what the opportunity is there? So. Why Belize? Why that part of the country? There's a lot of things. There's, there's actually quite a number of things. But when you look at the baby boomer generation, you look at that whole wave of people looking to retire or vacation. And then you look at, you know, the projected growth or, you know, the interviews of people, large numbers of people that uh, say, well, you know, they're going to the Caribbean or they're going south. Yeah, I mean, there's that track that that region is attractive for a number of reasons. Number one, it's, it's a fairly friendly part of the world right now. You know, we're not talking about, you know, people fighting and, and, you know, trying to grab resources and, and all that. It's also, uh, you know, just the, the weather is friendly. So you got a lot of snowbirds, especially from the Northeast where I'm, where I'm from. We like to spend a couple of weeks of, uh, of time there in the wintertime as well. But you, you look at a lot of those things and then, uh, you see what's really happening on the ground, and this is what we've seen over the last five years. Um, three, three or four years ago, on the island of Ambergris Key, which is the number one uh, tourist destination in the entire country of Belize, we had 2,000 rooms. And you would think when there's a lot of demand that the supply would increase. But we've actually, our available rooms right now in the market is 1800. Can you imagine why that might have happened? Well, what happened is the baby boomers are going on vacation. They're going to this market, falling in love with it, and they're buying up what used to be rental inventory for tourists. So while demand is is spiking, the supply is decreasing because people are going to the market and, and buying it and taking it off the market. So it's just a, you know, when you look at the fundamentals and realize that it's just a supply demand crunch you know it gets us really exciting about being able to add a couple hundred 
units of supply to the market that's so tight. And now another big component of, of business, and this is one thing that you touched on in our previous conversation too, of how important team is for you, the people that you do business with, right? It's, it's the philosophy of getting the right people on board the bus, and then the bus is going to go someplace special. Uh, can you share a little bit more about the team and tying into that strategic partnerships is, is huge when it comes to syndication uh, and opportunities such as this. Uh, so can you speak a little bit uh, to, uh, on the strategic partnerships that are in place for this opportunity along with the team as well? Yeah, it's a great question and one that's really important to me. Uh, you know, when you look at my, my team in the multifamily space, uh, if somebody brings me a deal, the very first thing I'm looking at is not the numbers. It's not the tax benefits. It's not the cash on cash return or the IRR. It's always, okay, who's, who's running the deal? Who, who are the people? Show me the people. And if you can show me a really good, solid team, um, you know, it's only after that that I'll be really interested in the numbers and, and what that looks like. But um, I got invited to Belize, and uh, I had done business with this team before, and I trusted this team. I liked the team. I knew what they were capable of doing. So that's really why I went to Belize. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got to have a good product then as well. Uh, but it just, you know, it, it kind of all aligned. I mean, you, you know, you, you've got the supply-demand issue. It's a beautiful part of the world, uh, very attractive place. You know, it's one of those things like when you have a real serious need in your life, that probably smells to an entrepreneur or an investor like a business opportunity. You know, and, and to me, uh, you know, when I when I go to that market, it's it's like it's like taking care of a need that I have. And so just being able to team up with the right people in that market, um, you know, at first it wasn't so obvious. You know, of course, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're developing and you're building and trying to gain traction and all that. But, you know, two years later, we're now uh, two or three years later, we're, we're now aligned with Hilton. We're a Hilton resort. We open as a Hilton resort on December 6th, just a few months from now. And um, we're also aligned with Time Inc. You know, people want to come, you know, they, they want to do their own due diligence and they should. I would highly recommend, I always highly recommend that uh, people come down and do our uh, discovery trip to Belize. So I always encourage doing their due diligence. But, but when you talk about the level of due diligence that we went through with Hilton and Time Inc., I mean, you're talking with Hilton, it was a year and three months. Their due diligence period from the time we, you know, we, we first started talking to them and then signed an LOI. I mean, it was, that, it was a year and three months and, and it was excruciating. So just that kind of due diligence that's already been done to the property and on the team. Look, they're, they're looking at, they're looking at the team as well. I mean, they're not, they're not only looking at the project. They're looking at the team and, and the same thing that attracted me, the quality, th- the quality of the team is the same thing that's attracted them. Awesome stuff and very excited to to see it also aligned and opening as a Hilton brand. Very, very strong, recognizable brand. And then, of course, this this power team that uh, that you have down there. Um, the management of this, tying in part of the team, very important part of analyzing any deal. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how this uh, investment will be managed and what value the management team will bring for investors? 
Yeah, well, it, it's just like a multifamily property. You know, a really good management team or, or not can make or break the property. And, you know, even though we have the Hilton brand behind us, look at Hilton more just like the marketing arm or the marketing engine to the project. Um, but the, the management team is run is also there's a couple of the development team uh, members that are on the management team. So they got skin in the game, not only on the development side, but also on the management side. So makes me feel real comfortable. It's the same way on my, on my multifamily investments. My management team, the uh, principal of the management team is also my partner in every deal that I do in Memphis. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way, but it's, uh, you know, it's got skin in the game. And it's the same way with our management team down in, in Belize. You're listening to Dave Zook on the Cashflow Ninja Podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja Podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Alhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at CashflowNinja.com forward slash be the bank. You're listening to Dave Zook on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. Looking at the financing, which is a, a next step in evaluating this, some people might see w- what you would share as a challenge. Entrepreneurs and investors see it as a huge opportunity regarding on this. Can you share a little bit more information on the financing, if any available, and why uh, this is a, such an opportunity? You know, it's funny. I, in whatever area of business, investing, life, whatever, whenever there's massive challenges or disruption, there's massive opportunity. I mean, there is no way if we wouldn't have had the massive uh, challenge or crisis in 2008 and 2009 that we did, there's no way we could have went out and built a hundred, $150 million portfolio of, of multifamily real estate. There's no way that could have happened. It wouldn't have made sense. The numbers wouldn't have made sense. We couldn't have done it. Uh, it's the same way in, uh, in, in any situation. When, when you talk about lack of financing, lack of construction financing in a project like Mahogany Bay Village, you're talking about a problem. You're talking about somebody not being able to come in and buy a small one bedroom uh, building for, you know, 150 to $250,000. A lot of people can come in and, and, you know, especially on a payment plan, they can make payments on, on, you know, 150 to $250,000. When you talk about, well, no, the only way you got access into this market is 850,000 and there's no financing that changes everything. But what it, what it does for us, though, it creates a massive amount of opportunity for an investor coming in because you're not competing with all that, um, funny money. You're not competing with all the, the, uh, the, the debt. Um, so you're able to come in and buy a lot with three homes on it, waterfront for 850,000. That same lot today appraises for 1.4 million. 
couple reasons. One is the financing, lack of fun, or lack thereof. And the other is the resort's not open, won't be open until December 6th, and there hasn't been a ton of people that have seen the resort. So when those two things go away, you know, that window of opportunity is going to close quick. Very, very powerful. So uh, the lot, so just the mechanics of the deal, 850K is a lot. There's three homes that you could put on that. Is that, as you mentioned, is that one bedroom? Is that two bedroom? What's kind of the the, the, the setup of that? And uh, I like the fact that already it's how you buy, right? You make your money on the buy that already at 850K, you're at lots that is uh, on the beach appraising for 1.4. Well, the, there is the, the, the lots that are there at MBV. We do have a beach club, but it's not right at the resort. So they're canal front. Okay. Waterfront, but it's all on, on canals. Every home on the property is canal front. Okay. So there's different configurations. There's one bedrooms. There's two and a half bedrooms. There's like a fourplex. Uh, so they're different configurations, but 850,000, the, the, the example that I'll use is a two-and-a-half-bedroom family cottage and two one-bedroom garden cottages. So it's, uh, you know, that configuration um, is, you know, you can, buy, you can buy that lot furnished, ready to go uh, for 850000 and it appraises at 1.4. And what was some of the uh, numbers that you guys were looking at as far as uh, returns uh, on the investment? Uh, can you share a little bit more information on that? So we're projecting a 10 to 12% return, but we don't think that's realistic. I mean, you're looking at uh, our numbers, our projected numbers are uh, on occupancy is 82%. Right across the street, the actual occupancy is 93. The annual occupancy is 93%. And they're booked out for not only this coming Christmas and New Year, but they're booked out for 2018 and 19 Christmas and New Year. So we know the demand is there, and their nightly room rental across the street is almost double what our nightly room rental is. So when we're, when we're saying 10 to 12%, uh, we think we're being super conservative. Uh, now, risk management. What are some of the risks associated with an investment like that, and what are some of the uh, risk management strategies that you guys have in place? So when you look at risk any investment is going to have risk, and, and this one obviously does too. Um, most of our – over 60% of our um, travelers come from United States and Canada. So if there was a serious, um, say, recession or downturn, if there was another 2008 or 2009 um, in the United States or Canada, would it affect our uh, tourism numbers? I would imagine so. When you look at history, though, and what happened in the tourism market back in 2008-9, our tourism market in Belize dropped 2%, while the rest of the Caribbean was uh, right about 20%. So that, that tells you something. We've, we've got a different traveler than, say, Cancun. Uh, Cancun, a lot of the, you know, there, there's some subsidizing going on there that gets people to the market. There's none of that in Belize. It's a small boutique market, small in a small country, and it's it's not a you know it's not a ninety nine dollar a night market, and it's also not a you know one ninety nine uh, you know to to get a flight there from from the United States. So it's a little bit more of an expensive market. So our travelers are a little bit more connected and well heeled, 
So it's, it's not as uh, volatile as some of the Caribbean markets. So I, I, would say, I would say the risk may be a recession or a downturn in the economy in, in the United States and Canada, but although we don't, we don't think that it would be uh, all that severe if you look at history and what happened in 2008 and 9. Right. And then the other question I have to ask, too, is we've seen quite a number of storms hitting the U.S. coastline in the Caribbean and, and so forth. Uh, that's That might be something that's up there, too. I'm not quite sure what the Belize's history is with any of these tropical storms. Yeah. So our homes are built uh, around four feet above sea level. And they're also uh, the buildings there are, are built to Cat 3 and Cat 5 hurricane standards and okay. and they're the architects and engineers are one of the leading firms in the caribbean so we didn't as you can imagine we didn't go in and just start slapping buildings together this is this was well thought out and some of the best engineers and architects in the country the other thing is most of your storm all of your storms come from the ocean side well we're we're on not on the east side of the of the island we're on the west side of the island in fact we have our resort is the only sunset facing resort on the island. The whole island was built on the east side because it was, you know, 15 years ago, it was a small, quiet little fishing village. Right. And so all, everything was built facing out toward the Great Barrier Reef. We have the largest living barrier reef in the world. So Belize isn't, it's not necessarily a beach destination, but it's a water sports destination. It's consistently ranked in the number, you know, in the top three of, uh, fishing, diving, snorkeling, and that kind of thing. And, and if you look at that uh, as an avatar of, of, of the kind of people that come to the market, those are usually a little bit more uh, maybe deeper-pocketed uh, travelers, the yeah. kind who scuba diving. I mean, you know, scuba diving is a little bit like golf. It's expensive. And uh, so that, that's kind of our avatar. Fantastic. Now, Dave, you're putting together a, a webinar just to educate investors on this as well. And you've mentioned that there's a discovery trip November 10th to 13th. What are some of the ways that people and my listeners can reach out to you and get more information on this? How can they get hold of the webinar? Any contact points for people to find out more about this opportunity? Well, I made it real easy for you. How about Belize? at therealassetinvestor.com. Belize at therealassetinvestor.com. If you email me, I'd be happy to send you the webinar. And we have market reports. Uh, I have a little video just a couple minutes long that explains what they can expect if they decide to come to the market and, and check it out. And we do. I just checked. We do have uh, room for a few more guys on the November 10th to the 13th discovery trip. So I'd be happy to to uh, get your listeners the information that they need to make a, a wise decision and uh, hook them up with the guys that are going down on the trip. Fantastic. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, sharing this opportunity and uh, just your experiences uh, around uh, these many travels that you've done and people that you've met and especially that trip on, uh, on Jekyll Island. This has been awesome connecting again. Thank you, MC. It was fun. Thank you for joining Dave Zook and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with your family, friends, and your network.
Thank you so much for spending your most valuable asset with me, your time. And if there's any way that I can provide more value for you and serve you better at the Cashflow Ninja, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter or on our mailing list, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44222. Smart investors know that the banks actually don't own most automatic teller machines. In fact, the opportunity for private investment provides stellar passive returns, figures in the double digits, with the added bonus that most of the income is tax-free. Who wants to walk blindly past an ATM and not cash in on that opportunity? ATM machine ownership brings you a steady stream of hands-off passive income. Dave Zook and the Real Asset Investor team have been providing opportunities for investors in this uptrending activity of ATM use. If you're an accredited investor and would like more information on how you can invest in this exclusive asset class that very few investors will ever have access to, you can sign up for your free webinar on how to create income streams from ATMs at cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They've designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash-flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit joinopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.